Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. So welcome to Financially Ever After, a podcast that comes to you every other week to give you important information to help you make smart decisions about your finances. If you're thinking about a separation or a divorce, if you're going through this process, or if you've come out on the other side, you most likely have questions about your finances. And something that we all know is that you are typically 100% responsible for your money now. That brings a lot of freedom, but it also brings a lot of responsibility. And for many women, um, can be intimidating frightening and just downright scary. So here we are every week talking about important things that you need to know to make smart decisions about your finances. And we have one of our top experts that I am sure you have seen on NBC's Today Show. She is a award-winning personal finance journalist. She also works with AARP as a personal finance ambassador. She's the host of her podcast called Her Money, which I was really excited to be part of a few weeks ago. And she also is a best-selling author. She also has a really exciting announcement that we'll get to later in the podcast, but you have to stay tuned. And who am I talking about? I'm talking about Jean Chatsky. Her newest book that you may have seen on the shelves called Age Proof, we're going to be talking about that because it talks about living longer without running out of money or breaking a hip, which I don't know about you. I don't want to really break a hip either. Um, but it really talks about health. It talks about finances and how they work together. In 2015, Jean teamed up with Time for Kids as well as the PwC Charitable Foundation to launch Your Money, a financial literacy magazine reaching 2 million school children. And I don't know if you know this, my children read this magazine. And I always feel a little cool, even though they don't think I'm cool. But whenever I point out that I know Jean. (laughs) (laughs) And so then they go and they tell their friends, and at least I'm cool in in that aspect. That's pretty much the only thing. Um, But in addition to this unbelievable career of giving back and educating, um, Jean lives with her family in Westchester, uh, in New York as well. So thank you for thank you for being here. Oh, my pleasure. And I'm divorced. So I've been through it and I was I was chuckling to myself when you talked about coming through the other side because I feel like I am through the other side. It took a while. It took a while. Mm-hmm. How long how long ago was that that you went through through that? You know, I it was about 13 years ago now. This was um before no fault divorce in New York State, so it took me a really long time to get divorced. It took about three and a half, four years for, wow. from the time we separated until it was all said and done. Uh, but I've been on my own now, I guess, for I don't know, fourteen, going on fifteen years, maybe. And um, 
it it takes a while to get your sea legs. I think at least when it when it comes to the money, even for somebody like me who deals with it every single day, it just takes a while to find your confidence. I think it's really powerful for you to say that someone who deals with finances every single day, like yourself, that even for you, it's getting those those sea legs. It's traumatic. I mean, nobody ever gets married thinking, okay, in 17 years, I guess this will be over. You know, you don't, (laughs) that's not not what you, that's not what you go into it thinking. I I remember being totally dumbfounded. There was a, a young editorial assistant at one of my first jobs whose parents were Hollywood types and her father had been married three times and she was getting married very young. And she said, well, if it doesn't work, I'll just get divorced. And I, I remember being completely horrified. Like, that just didn't happen yeah. to people that I knew or in my family. And, you know, then down the road it happened to me and you have yeah. to deal and and you have to deal with the money, which I think a lot of women don't, um, don't necessarily expect or gear up for through their marriages. Mm-hmm. And for you, have you always been involved in finances and were you the person who paid all the bills did the investing in your marriage or not, or not necessarily not not always I um, I was always able to mm-hmm. deal with my money but I wasn't always very good at dealing with my money I was a I was a math geek in high school I really liked I it. love that I, um, we need more female math geeks. <laughs> math geek in high school but came out of college over my head in credit card debt continued to add to it in my first job in New York which paid very little money and despite the fact that my rent was pretty cheap, at least by today's standards, I just very quickly found that I had credit card debt equal to about a half year salary and had to dig my way out and understand what I was doing. And still when I got married, my ex-husband really did a lot of it. And it wasn't until I started really reporting on finance at work that I started digging in and and even beyond that when I got a clue for the first time that my marriage might not be for the ages I started paying a lot more attention personally that's smart well it was necessary yeah and it was um, fortunate that I was a pretty good earner just as he was and was able to set myself up to save and invest and protect my kids or at least you know I mean we we split everything pretty amicably so the half of my kids that I was responsible for and um that sounds terrible being half responsible for your kids but you know what I mean financially their expenses summer camp and college and all of that embraces and yes all of of I know the multiple multiple don't start me on orthodontia um but it, it, I could have put my head in the sand, I think, if I had a different career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because when women look at someone like you and I, and you're writing an article, you're on TV, or you know, they might see me quoted, or you know, even in this podcast, it looks like we know it all. We look. It looks like from the outside that we have it put together. Yes. And you know, God forbid, 
your marriage ends up in divorce, they'll be fine. There, those people will be fine. But what's interesting, what I'm hearing you say, and what I think a lot of women don't realize, is that you know we're we're not perfect either. No, and that's a huge adjustment. The very best thing about my job as a reporter, and these days I wear a lot of different hats, but the the very, very best thing about being a reporter is that it gives you the freedom and the license to ask any question that you ever wanted to ask. And because I report about money, I was really good at asking the questions and, and at sitting with very patient sources, often you, by the way, through the years and saying, back it up. I don't get it. Can we try it again a different way? You know, and and I I think it's a big problem that many people, many women don't feel able to say, "Eh, that definition is not working for me. That description, I don't understand. I don't understand. This is the first time I'm hearing about this subject. Back it up. Let's do it again. And because I needed to get the information right to put it in articles for publication that were going to be fact-checked, you know, I asked questions as many times as I had to ask them in order to get the information right and also learned that there are some people who are just really bad explainers. And so when you get one of those people, you and you can't get them to explain it in language that makes sense, you say, thank you very much, and you hang up and you call somebody else. Because there's no shortage of people who have the information. You just have to get it out of them. Yeah. I love that you talk about being an expert at asking, asking questions. And for women, we're really good at gathering information. Um, we're really good at, we're really good at creating a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we don't necessarily have the confidence to ask those questions. And it's almost of an, an embarrassment of like, if you're explaining this to me and I don't understand it, there must be something wrong with me. And and there's nothing wrong with you because these things change all the time, as you know, right? Yeah. There's new information, there are new laws, there are new twists and turns and limits in how much you're allowed to put away for various things. Um, no, there, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong. What, where I do find some times we fall a little short is that we gather and gather and gather and don't act. And sometimes you've got to be satisfied, particularly I think in the world of investing with the good enough. I, I, if somebody asks me, I, I, ten, I tend to put the work that I do into two distinct buckets that there are questions that I can answer and I can be 100% correct. But there are other questions that I can answer that whoever's accepting the answer is gonna have to be okay with the fact that this answer is good, it's good enough, it's probably gonna get you where you wanna go, but there is no perfect answer. And Mm so, you know, what's the right credit card for me? I can get that one 100%. What's the best mutual fund? There is no right answer. There's no right answer, but you want a mutual fund that's good enough to get you to your goals. Yeah. 
Yeah. And understand what is a good mutual fund, what is a bad, you know, or mm-hmm. bad mutual fund. Um, so we'll talk about this together because I don't want to put all the onus on you. But if there's a woman here listening saying, I want to ask questions, mm-hmm. I want to start to gather information, I want to then act, where where do you recommend she goes to start to get some information? Now, you have some really exciting news, particularly about daily worth, so, which I think is a great resource. Thank you. Particularly so, for women. Yeah, so I just acquired Daily Worth, which many of your listeners may have heard of. It's a financial website for women. It's been around about 10 years. Um, we've got a newsletter, so if you're interested in getting this sort of information on a regular basis, you can subscribe at dailyworth.com and you'll just start getting our missives. I've got the Her Money podcast where we did a wonderful interview with Stacy which you should go back and listen to. Um, But a lot of, we've got a hundred episodes full of information. And so I think, I think the goal is to find two or three sources where you can take in information on a pretty consistent basis. That might be the Wall Street Journal, if you like it. I love the Saturday Wall Street Journal. I don't miss the Saturday Wall Street Journal. You know, I like to read the fun sections, but I also like to read Jason Zweig. I want to know what he's got to say, and Ann Turgeson, who writes about retirement. Um, you might say, no, that one's not for me. Maybe I'll read, I don't know, Yahoo Finance, or maybe yeah. I'll read Money Magazine, Money or, Magazine or, or something Forbes, more bloggy or, or something. Yeah, or Whatever it whatever it happens to be. And so find a couple of sources, listen to them on a regular basis. Maybe you want to read a book and then eventually you gotta to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And and points of transition like a divorce, like entering into retirement, like having a baby or getting married, like any of those any of those inflection points are really good times to seek some help. So another resource that I wanted to talk about too, that I think is great for those women during the transition, is your book. So I. So yeah. So <laughs> tell me more about this. And and I've never seen um, the the link between health and wealth. And it's really your your wealth. We don't think about it impacting your health and vice versa. And here you are. You're going through a trauma. We know when we're going through traumas. What happens? Our immune system mm-hmm. drops. That's when you are more likely to get the flu or, God forbid, a, yep. something more serious. Tell me more about this book because it might just be the recipe, the antidote for a woman who is finding herself in a really difficult fight, you know, position going through a, a trauma and at the same time trying to take care of her money and keep her herself healthy. So I wrote it with a doctor. I wrote it with a guy named Mike Roizen, who is the chief of wellness at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, We had met a number of years earlier doing a television pilot that never went anywhere but stayed friendly. And I had started to, um, I had started to realize and he had started to realize simultaneously that health without strong finances doesn't work anymore and vice versa. So if you're healthy, but you don't have your financial act act together, you're really not going to be able to stay healthy for the long term because as we age, we need more in the way of resources to keep us healthy. And if you've got your finances in decent shape, but you're not healthy, 
those finances are not going to stay in decent shape because bad health is just going to drain your reserves. Mm -hmm. You need both. And as we put our heads together, we figured out that actually the same tools work to get you in better shape in both areas. So things like automation, right? We've talked before about the fact that you don't want to just make a good decision to save one time. You want to make a good decision to save money and then you want to put that on automatic pilot. So it just happens and happens Mm -hmm. and happens. And the same thing can apply in the world of your health choices. You know, if you can figure out a healthy breakfast or lunch that you can eat a couple of days a week and just put that on automatic pilot, you can just think about dinner. Mm-hmm. Or you can put your workouts on automatic pilot by scheduling them in your calendar. It's not as elegant as having a computer move money out of your savings and into a special IRA, but it's the same concept. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got chapters on reducing your health stress and reducing your financial stress because, you know, as you pointed out, we know that stress is the biggest ager. It's Mm. the thing that, that drains us most. And the biggest cause of stress is money. So it's these things just go hand in hand we talk about building strong health teams building strong financial teams it was a really fun project to work on and he's a character and just so much fun to be out on the road with so I had a good time that's really phenomenal and again something that um, we really don't think of and the number one reason for bankruptcy is actually medical yeah medical bankruptcy and I'm hoping that in the future we'll think of them together more. I mean, companies, big companies now are really starting to talk about financial wellness within the um, scope of their benefits programs. We've got HSAs, which are, I think, the, um, they're sort of the the symbiotic relationship between health and finance. I I tend to think of an HSA because they're very Mm -hmm. um, dependent on each other. Can you talk a little bit about what an HSA is? Because a lot of the women, um, the medical benefits are through their husband Mm -hmm. um, and also the flex spending account, the health savings account are often through their husband as well. So they may not be as familiar with what these tools are and whether or not they can use them after their divorce and, and you know what companies might provide them. Well, and and there's a lot of confusion about health savings accounts and flexible spending accounts. A health savings account is an account that you open in which you can put money each year specifically for health expenses. And it's got very nice tax treatment. You get a deduction for putting money in. The money grows tax-free. When you pull it out and you use it for medical expenses, you don't pay any more taxes. So it's it's fabulous in that way. Um, a number of companies have started to incent their employees to put money in. So there may be the equivalent of matching dollars on the table. And the nice thing about, I mean, there are a lot of tricks 
that you can play with an HSA to make them even more beneficial, you're eligible for one if you have a high deductible health plan. Um, and then you you buy the health plan, you can open it. It has to be an, an HSA compliant plan, but many, many are. And I believe all of the silver or above plans on the exchanges are eligible. Um, but what many people are only starting to realize is that if you invest the money in your health savings account, and that's a separate move you have to make, you actually have to turn on the investment component. If you invest it and then you pay for your current health expenses out of cash flow, not in the HSA, your HSA can grow and become a supplemental retirement account and you can save your receipts for any health-related expense from now until whenever in the future. And then when you take the money out, essentially get the tax benefit at that point. You can repay yourself. That's amazing. So essentially, it can become a retirement savings vehicle. Yeah. It can become a supplemental retirement savings account. So that's important, um, especially for women to know two pieces. Number one, if you and your husband have a health savings account, this is a valuable asset. Yeah. Don't just write it off. Um, But secondly, using that account, continuing to have that add money to it, save those receipts over time, and then come 65 or whenever you need that money, submit those receipts and have it pay you out. Well, and I don't know the answer to this question, but maybe you do. If you have a health savings account that has been a marital asset and you want to split it, can you do that with a quadro? You know, typically you would use a quadro for an ERISA-based plan. Now, the ERISA-based plans fall into the category of those 401ks, also defined benefit plans. Um, I don't know if a health savings account is an ERISA-based plan, so you may not actually need a quadro. I, I'm you may thinking just be able to divide the assets and put exactly, it and just accounts. filling out a form um, at the custodian. Now, what's interesting is that. Um, there are some custodians when you're trying to split an IRA that tell you you need a quadro, even though it's not an ERISA-based plan. And that's where you just hang up the phone and you call again and get someone who hopefully knows a little bit more information. <laughs> I find sometimes also the Social Security office, um, sometimes you'll call, it doesn't sound right, or you just want a second opinion, hang up once you get the information called back. And if the information is exactly the same, you know you've got it on target, all set, but sometimes you get completely dis- different information. Too. I do that with the airlines, by the way, when I'm really That's frustrated. Smart. Like, you, you just, you're not Can you the really that not you do want. this? Can you not help me? Okay. All right. Thank okay, you. Okay. Thank you. Click. And I know. Call again. And yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting how you just call back. Yep. Call back, and and sometimes I, this is really embarrassing, but um, I'll even feign that uh, there was a bad connection. Oh, you're more polite than I am. You know, so, so I can't. Hear, yeah. So, anyways, my my acting skills go in there. <laughs> but um, so a lot of great things, and we so we've talked a lot about health and wealth and how to keep yourself financially fit, how to also keep yourself physically fit. Um, We've been talking a little bit about health savings accounts, but I know a lot of the women that are listening right now are saying, well, what about health insurance? You talked a little bit about the exchange, and then of course there's um, private as well. 
this is the area where so many women are stressed out. Do I stay on my on Cobra of my spouse and continue to do that for three years and then at that point figure out what what's the right thing? Is it better to look at things right now? And, you know, many women haven't looked into it, but have only heard negative things, horror stories about the different insurance options on the exchange. Is it all terrible, Jean? It's not all terrible. It's not all terrible. You just, you have to dig in and, and shop around and then compare whatever you're offered to the COBRA benefits and the cost of those COBRA benefits because they, having been on COBRA, can be really, really expensive. I mean, it's very difficult to get a to get a, a cheap, good deal on health insurance these days, but these high deductible plans are one way to bring your costs, at least your premium costs down if you don't have um, some sort of chronic condition that you know is going to eat right through that deductible, which comes right out of your own pocket. Yeah. So it sounds like if you're a pretty healthy person, the high deductible is probably a good way to go or at least something to look at young and it's the way the country's going i think consumer driven healthcare they call it but younger healthier people are usually well served yeah by these high deductible plans which means stay healthy yeah <laughs> invest, absolutely invest but, in your health you know one of the things um that you made me think about just a second ago was staying fit when you're going through a tough time like this, Fidelity and Stanford University just did some research into stressful life events, and mm-hmm. they found that on average we go through four a year. Some are good, some are not good. Like you could have a baby. That is a stressful life event. It's a happy event, but it yeah. is it is stressful. <laughs> and um, the one thing that was proven to actually reduce stress in every situation across the board was exercise so you know it's great to it's great to budget it's great to get control of your money it's great to um to make a plan and know what your goals are but ignoring your um ignoring the fact that your body needs exercise that it reduces your stress is a mistake so Word to the wise, if you're looking at your budget and you need to cut back, cut back on the Starbucks, don't cut back on the gym on the gym membership. Or do what we do and go running and just buy a new pair of shoes every six I know. Months. Running is really inexpensive. So inexpensive. And talk about a geek. I listen to investment podcasts when I run. And typically, I can do a full 45 minutes. And then the other 45 minutes when I'm coming back and retracing my steps, I have to do like Katy Perry or something. Wait, you run for an hour and a half? It Only because I'm training for an Ironman right now. So right now, I've never exercised this much, not even for my marathons. Wow. Um, so the positive is, is that I have so much time. I am learning so much because, you know, I'll have an hour and a half bike ride. I'll have, you know, all my different running. The only thing I haven't found, which um, I need to do some research in, is I'd love to have something I could swim with because I'm not a fast swimmer. In fact, the last time I was really in the pool was when I was eight getting swim lessons. So 
Um, it exists. It um, does. Yeah, no, I have a friend who who did a triathlon and she found some sort of an iPod that she could swim with. And she did what I, I do books on tape when I'm training yeah, yeah. because, um, you know, I need I need the Something. plot to yeah. just keep me going. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a great thing of when you exercise, if you can, you know, listen to some of your podcasts, yeah. listen, you know, and it's, it's what I do is I do it as a reward. So I'll listen to a nonfiction book or a speech or something that helps me get smarter about, you know, often it's about money because, well, I'm, you know, that that's kind of my life. But then I give myself a reward of Katy Perry, of Katy Perry, <laughs> exactly of Katy Perry. And I'm one of those crazy people that's like, you know, kind of dancing when they're running. But uh, that's but great. So as far as, you know, kind of parting words, um, you know, for women going through divorce and, you know, going back to your experience, this what, is what would you say to them? That it's not rocket science, that that when it comes to the money, it is small habits repeated often to get yourself in a place where you feel more comfortable and less chaotic. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be a hedge fund manager. You don't have to be a fabulous stock picker. I am not. You have to be a good saver. You have to invest your money. You have to make sure you're protecting your life. But you you don't have to think that you have to be a master of the universe in order to do this because you don't. That's really powerful because the message that's given by many large financial companies um, is not necessarily that, that this, this is tough stuff and you need to be smart and you need us. And not that you shouldn't have a financial advisor. I mean, I think that that can be a good thing, but um, sometimes the messages that go out breed fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and the communication style towards women is one that might breed fear. And I just, I'm so happy that you shared it isn't rocket science that you know this is something that that we can all get our heads around yeah and it may not be our favorite topic um just like talking about urinary tract infections is <laughs> not my favorite topic nor do I really ever want that to be my favorite topic but um you know for finances at least understanding what it is and like you said doing consistent action and not only gathering that information as you talk about, but but actually having that action. Putting it into play. Well, thank you. And what's the best way for people to find out about you and some of the, the great projects? Also, um, love to find out where we can find out about your book with the age proof and living longer. Everything is on jeanchatsky.com and it's Chatsky with a Z and it's um, very easy to find. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's fun. Well, thank you for everyone for listening in. I do want to let you know we will definitely put show notes. Uh, and in those show notes, you will see the link to Daily War so you can sign up for the newsletter. Also a link to her money so that you can listen to Jean's fantastic podcast. And finally, her own website, jeanchatsky.com. I just want to say a great big thank you for uh, investing in yourself and taking the time to be here and in invest in learning about your finances. Divorce is uh, 
scary. There's nothing that is easy about divorce. And if you have questions or concerns, we're asking you to please ask and please reach out to us. We have a fantastic second opinion service where we will look at your financial life, where you are now, where you want to go and start to help you fill in those key pieces to get you there. If you have questions about how you're invested and what that looks like and is this asset the right one to take or is it better to take that one? Um, that's something that we can also help you with as well. So please do reach out at www.francisfinancial.com. And you can also email me. I'm very friendly. Stacy S-T-A-C-Y at francisfinancial.com. Thank you. And we'll see you in two weeks.